Have you ever wondered who the Mary was from Bloody Mary? If the Loch Ness Monster was real, or if Ouija boards actually worked? On each episode of the family-friendly Unspookable, we look at the histories and mysteries behind your favorite scary stories, myths, and urban legends to get the real stories behind the scares. Want to solve your next mystery? Find and follow Unspookable now wherever you get your podcasts. Soundington Media! Hey Brian, did you know that if you were on Jupiter's moon, Titan, even you could jump up and do a backflip? How do you know I can't do a backflip here on Earth? I just know you can't. Okay, well, you're right. But did you know that someone hit a golf ball on the moon one time? I wonder how far it went. I don't know. Maybe we should just ask the moon. I'm Brian Holden. And I'm Meredith Stepien, and this is Reach, a space podcast for kids. Welcome to Reach, a space podcast for kids. You know, Meredith, if there's one thing I've learned over the past few weeks, it's that space is enormous. Yeah, but just like on our own planet, it's never too big to get to know our neighbors. So true, which is why this week we thought we'd get to know some planets in other neighborhoods outside our solar system. What are those called again? Well, we know planets in our solar system orbit around our primary star, the sun. But planets that orbit around other stars are called something else. Hmm. Well, here's what some of our listeners had to say when we asked them, what do we call planets that don't orbit our sun? Planets that don't revolve around the sun are called... I don't know. Probably, like, unplanets. Not a planet. Big rocks. Exoplanets? Is this an exoplanet? Yes. As much as I love unplanets... Believe it or not, these planets that don't orbit our sun are called exoplanets. Exoplanets. Cool. So there are other solar systems with planets out there? Well, yes, but we don't call them solar systems. Our star, the sun, is named Sol. So that's why we call our planetary system a solar system. But when there are other planetary systems around other stars, we call those star systems. Well, someone decided to show up with a bunch of fun facts today. Yes, and we find and study planetary systems by watching the stars they orbit around. Planetary systems affect their stars with gravitational pull, and we can see those effects with powerful telescopes like TESS, a.k.a. the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite. Wow, so what kind of things do planetary systems make their stars do? Oh, you know, just like uh, a little wiggle. A little wiggle? Well, I'm, I'm sure there's more to it than that. <laughs> Sounds like a good time to talk to this week's guest expert, Ashley Walker. Ashley's a research assistant at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center, an astrochemist and a planetary scientist. She's also the founder of Hashtag Black and Astro Week, and we had the chance to ask her all about exoplanets. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us on Reach. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? So my name is Ashley Walker, also known as Ashley Wendelia. I am an astrochemist and a planetary scientist. I'm currently interning at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center. Um, I'm working in the SPICE Astrochemistry Lab with Dr. Carrie Anderson and Dr. Melissa Uglo. I'm passionate about 
space and the chemistry that's in space. More so understanding planetary atmospheres, how they form and the chemistry of them. So it's really, really exciting to see so many different things going on right now with space and the chemistry of space and what we can learn from them. So we're going to talk a little bit about exoplanets today. To get us started, can you just tell us what is an exoplanet? I like to describe exoplanets as our neighbors. So you know how you're going down the street or you're going a few blocks away. That is what an exoplanet is. So it is planets outside of our solar system. So it's not necessarily within our little system, but it's a little bit outside. So I want to say it's like neighbors down the street or even more so neighbors a few blocks away. How many exoplanets have we found so far? So far, there's been a magnitude of about 4,000. So we found about at least about 4,000 exoplanets. And I'm excited to see what else can newer telescopes bring in helping us detect more. So how, how do you find an exoplanet? It's got to be really far away, right? So how do we find exoplanets from here on Earth? So it's really, really hard to see them directly with um, regular telescopes, and they're pretty much hidden. But we do study them with telescopes like the up-and-coming James Webb that hopefully launches sometime soon because it's been forever. We've been waiting. We're like little kids like, come on, let's launch. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Also with tests, it's different types of telescopes that you can use, uh, radio, so on and so forth, that can help us detect and study the effects of these planets that orbit the stars. So cool. So we can't we can't necessarily see the planets through the telescope. We can see the star through the telescope, and that's what helps us study them. Yep, that's amazing. Yep. Um, and makes sense because stars are way bigger than these little planets and brighter, right? Mm-hmm. So cool. Um, and what is a planetary system? So just like we have our solar system here, um, it orbits around the sun. Um, We do have objects, we have non-stellar objects that orbit around a star or a star system. And it, you know, with planets together, that's when it, you know, that's when it like goes in a circular motion and exoplanets have similar systems as well. So this can also be used for that too. So it's basically like looking at our solar system, but around other stars. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you think that we can live on any exoplanets, Ashley? You know, that's very, 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 very debatable. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's very, very debatable because exoplanets are, are very, very far. However, that's why we're looking, that's why some people feel like we're looking for habitable ones. And habitable, ha- planetary habitability Um, does not always necessarily mean people, but it typically means water and plant life and things of that nature. And so when when we're looking for those um, qualities, those features, we also want to know, like, does it have, do we think it could possibly host oxygen and so on and so forth? Otherwise, you'll be, we'll be living on Titan, which, I mean, I'm not opposed to it, though. (laughs) <laughs> and and to remind our viewers what Titan is. Saturn's moon Titan is the second largest moon in our known solar system. It is my personal favorite. Um, <gasps> I currently work on Titan, so it's my personal favorite. 
Titan has methane and ethane lakes. It also rains methane and ethane. It has clouds. If you flap, if you have two cardboard boxes placed on your hand as if you're on your arm, tighter on your arms as if you're getting ready to fly, you can actually fly because it's very, very dense there. So if you want to do some like Mortal Kombat stuff where you want to like, all right, let's duke it out. And I mean, you can do that there. That's very possible. And I will pay someone to see that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you telling me that I could potentially do a backflip on Titan? Correct. Right. I can't do a backflip here, but it's something I've always wanted to do, but I'm too scared to try. <laughs> it's not hard. So I think on Titan, you'll have a better chance of doing it. Okay. Okay. If you believe in me. <laughs> okay. How do exoplanets get their names? So like most conventional naming um, systems or multi-star systems, they go through the International, the International Astronomical Union, which is the IAU. And that's how a lot of things get their names. And typically that's how exoplanets get their names. Cool. And what about you? What would you name an exoplanet if you could name one? Nubia. So just like the um, Nubians back in Africa, in North Africa, I would name them. I would name an exoplanet after them. So beautiful. Let's talk about hashtag Black and Astro. Can you tell us about when you came up with it, how it started? Tell us everything about it. It's so funny because I remember people were asking me about it. And I was just like, Oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you did. And so um, I used it during shutdown, um, during shutdown STEM, Strike for Black Lives. I, you know, I was inspired by Black Birders Week. Um, shout out to Jason Ward for Black Birders Week. Um, currently, it is Black Botanist Week. And so you guys are going to see a little bit more and more movements as time progresses. I came up with Black and Astro because I want to show what Black astronomers go through. Um, you know, we always talk about the good, but we don't talk about the behind the scenes of what Black astronomers face. So, you know, some Black astronomers do not live in secure neighborhoods. And so I want to show like the two sides to being a Black astronomer, I want to show how we're worried about um, police brutality and racial injustices. I also wanted to show um, some, you know, unfortunately, some traumatic things that happen to us while we're maneuvering in academia. I also wanted to show how there's only 22 African-American women with PhDs in astronomy and there's in the U.S. and there's only 98 African-American women with PhDs in physics-related fields in the U.S. as well. So Astrobytes and I teamed up, and um, I'm so grateful for them because we're also doing a continuous series about more senior people who are going to be expressing, you know, things that they've seen and how, you know, we need to work as a collective to fight racism and to give a helping hand and to speak out if, you, if you're seeing things. So... Black and Astro Week was something that is near and dear to my heart. And I'm so, I didn't know that it got that popular. I didn't know it was trending. I didn't know any of that until I was just typing, just typing away. And they're like, everybody was messaging me like, congrats on the trend. And I'm like, what trend? So like halfway through the week, so it, was, it had to be like, I think it was like that Thursday. I had found out it was, I had really sat down and looked. 
and saw that it was actually trendy. It's been so cool to watch from the outside seeing how many people are connecting over Black and Astro. And pretty much all the tweets I see are just, thank you so much for introducing me to Black and Astro. And I, you know, I'm connecting with so many more people. I'm meeting people. I'm, I'm finding others who share the same passions as me. I mean, it's, it's an incredible effort and what a success. I mean, you deserve all the the praise in the world. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't, again, I didn't know it was like actually popular. And then like, I was already like really, really excited that NASA astronaut Katie Coleman had said something. And I was just like, oh, dang, like I was so excited about that. But then when I started seeing like other like big places like Nova and all these other big places like were tweeting about, I was just like, I did something, y'all. Yes, you did. (laughs) You did. It was something that I was just like extremely proud of because most people don't really realize, but astronomy is one of the first sciences that most kids think about, that most people connect with. So it's exciting to see that this had taken over and that I had the opportunity of doing this. Ashley, thanks again so much for joining us on Reach. Do you have a few minutes to stick around after the break? We hear you have a great make-your-own-planet at-home activity to share. You know, Brian, before we check back in with Ashley, I had a few questions I wanted to ask our closest celestial neighbor. You mean the moon? Yeah, the moon. For example, does the moon have the same gravity as we have on Earth? And I know we can see the moon every night, but how far away is it? Well, it turns out we're in luck because the moon was in the right phase to answer a few questions in this week's edition of Did You Know? Please welcome our closest celestial neighbor, the moon. Moon, thank you so much for being here. Hello, Meredith. Hello, Brian. It's nice to be with you. I mean, in a sense, I'm always with you. That is, I can see you, the Earth, even when you can't see me. Did you know that the moon is about 238,855 miles from the Earth? and it takes about three days to get there in a spacecraft. You can stand and walk on the moon, but bring a spacesuit, because the atmosphere isn't breathable. The moon's gravity is one-sixth of Earth's gravity, and in 1971, moonwalking astronaut Alan Shepard hit a golf ball. According to Shepard, it traveled for miles and miles. But between us, golfers exaggerate, and it was probably shorter than that by, like, 40 yards. The moon is the only celestial body besides Earth that's been visited by human beings, who so far have brought back a total of 842 pounds, or 382 kilograms, of lunar rocks and soil. The moon's gravitational pull generates a tidal force, which causes the Earth's high and low tides. Wow, so much amazing info. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners while you're here? I guess I would love to clear up a couple common misconceptions about me. It's often said that I have a dark side. Ooh came out weird. (laughs) It's nothing bad, I promise. It's just that you may have heard that I have a dark sign. Ooh, maybe getting worse. (laughs) It's, It's nothing sinister, I assure you. And truly, it's not even dark. Okay. It's really more of a far side. All of the moon gets sunlight at various times, but only one side of me is ever visible from Earth. I only show my better side to Earth, kind of like how people hold their cameras at flattering angles for selfies. Also, you may have heard a lyric from a children's song suggesting that a cow jumped over the moon... (laughs) I feel like I would have noticed that. Plus, I find it sort of difficult to believe. Like, what kind of cow would that even be? Let's say there was a cow so good at jumping that it could achieve the 7 miles per second escape velocity needed to leave Earth. 
Once it was in space, that cow would get super cold and very lonely. And without rocket engines or maneuvering thrusters, would probably just stay on whatever course it was on to begin with forever and ever. I mean, I guess unless it used my gravity to slingshot its way back to Earth. All right, you know what? I take it all back. I guess it is possible. Thanks so much to The Moon for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Oh, of course. In a sense, I join you every day and night. I'm never far. I mean, it's far. It's 238,000 miles, but I'm always right here. Not right here. I orbit. I revolve around the Earth. You get it. You get it. Anyway, thank you for letting me come on to clarify that I'm definitely not hollow or a hologram or made of green cheese or hiding secret alien bases on my dark side. You know, you know what? I should, I should probably get going. Thank you, Moon. Yeah, thanks, Moon. That was my dark side. For this week's at-home activity, we wanted to bring back the great Ashley Walker to share a great way to make your own planet with your family. For those listening, all you need are some styrofoam balls and some fun materials to decorate them with. Ashley, welcome back. So a fun activity, what you can do is you can get styrofoam balls in different sizes and they can get a marker and color on them. They can get glitter. They can really make a real mess, but it's actually an amazing activity because it's so fun and like adults were doing it too. So um, you can use a pipe, you can use different color pipe cleaners to make the actual system as if they're a ring similar to Saturn's rings. You can make them um, to show that it's orbiting with the planets and you can connect all of them by twisting them together. And you can also use popsicle sticks too, to just show like, these are my planets and use it as a display. So those are like some, some cool ways that kids and adults can have family time and can use these to educate others about the solar system and exoplanets. So cool. My planet would have lots of sparkles on it. And parents, I know you're mad at me for saying that because everybody knows sparkles are messy. But come on, sparkles are fun. And my planet would have a ton of sparkles and the sparkles would represent um, little sparkly gemstones uh, sparkling in the moonlight. What about yours, Ashley? Mine would, this is, mine would be also sparkly, but it'll be pink because I like pink. And I would say that it rains diamonds on a few um, places. And so I would have it like pink and silver glitter coming down as if it's like a sparkle planet. And then I also have a ring. I would also have a ring too. Beautiful. And your planet is Nubia, right? Yep. Planet Nubia is beautiful, uh, pink and has a ring. I love it. (laughs) You are so awesome, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being on Reach. Um, We're so excited to share this with the world. Thank you. Thanks so much to Ashley Walker for that fantastic activity. Everyone, here's your assignment for the week. Create your own planet using the materials suggested or anything you have lying around the house. Get creative. Then send us a photo along with what you've named your planet to reachthepodcast at gmail.com. Or tag us on Twitter or Instagram at ReachThePodcast. My planet would be called Subaru Outback because that was my first car and that's all I can think of right now. If I had a planet, I'd name it Dad, after my dad. Shouldn't you call it Gary since that's your dad's name? What? His name is Dad. Well, neighbors, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Reach, a space podcast for kids. You know, Brian, I'm liking these exoplanets. I like to imagine myself sitting on my own sparkly planet. 
hundreds of light years away, drinking smoothies from the ground because it rains smoothies there. And I'm imagining that on an exoplanet orbiting a star maybe hundreds or even thousands of light years away, there's two people sitting in their closet of their guest room recording a podcast just like us. This is where we record the podcast in a closet. Thank you, COVID-19. And for additional online resources, check out our show notes. As always, we want to acknowledge that not everyone has access to computers or the internet. If you're not able to get online, did you know that many local libraries have publicly available internet access? Correct. Above all, if there's one thing I'll keep in mind from this week's episode, it's that there's still so much to learn about exoplanets, and we should all be so pumped for the James Webb Telescope to launch. And I'll be keeping in mind that it's called the far side of the moon and that the dark side of the moon is maybe just a personal issue that the moon is working on right now. Thanks for joining us for Reach, a space podcast for kids. We're your hosts, Meredith Stepien and Brian Holden. This episode of Reach was written by Sandy Marshall with Nate DeFort, Meredith Stepien and Brian Holden. Reach is produced by Sandy Marshall and Nate DeFort and edited by Nate DeFort. Our theme song and additional music was composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Stephen Lyons. And we'd like to offer a very special thanks to Ashley Walker, astrochemist, planetary scientist, and intern at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center. Follow Ashley online at that underscore astro underscore chic. The moon was voiced by the incomparable Mark Evan Jackson. You may know Mark from his work on NBC's The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, or Netflix's recently released The Babysitter's Club. Mark is also the president and co-founder of the Detroit Creativity Project, which offers training in communication, collaboration, and relationship-building skills to students in Detroit schools. To find out more, please go to DetroitCreativityProject.org. And big thanks this week to our REACH learning community for the excellent questions and thought starters. Thanks to Blythe and Bella. Do you have a space-related question that you'd like to ask? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Our bi-weekly segment entitled Reaching Out is our chance to answer your questions. Last week's question was all about the red planet, and something tells me that we might be talking about the far reaches of our galaxy next week. If you have a question about anything relating to space, just get your parents' permission and give us a call at 312-248-248. 3402. All you have to do is leave us a message with your first name, where you're from, and your question for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. We can also accept your questions via email. Just send us your first name, where you're from, and what question you'd like answered to reach the podcast at gmail.com. I've always wondered how long it'd take to get to Jupiter. Well, that depends. Because Earth and Jupiter travel in elliptical paths. Exactly. But when we're at our closest to Jupiter, we're only 365 million miles away. So basically, if we were traveling a million miles a day, it'd take a year to get to Jupiter? Yep. And if you enjoyed the show, please be sure to tell your friends and leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice or share an episode on social media. We're so grateful for the fantastic reviews so far. Yes, thank you. And if you'd like to find us online, visit at Reach the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or on our website at www.reachthepodcast.com. Reach is a production of Soundsington Media committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. We've all been there. You're standing in a museum staring at a painting and all you can think is, I don't get it. 
To me, knowing the story behind an artwork is a huge part of knowing how to look at it. I'm Amanda, the host of the Art of History podcast, where we view history through the lens of some really great works of art. Each episode, we dive deep into the bigger picture behind some familiar and maybe not so familiar pieces. Check out Art of History now wherever you get your podcasts.